Jackson. So, honey, we better listen to this. That's right. There will be a test at the end. So, actually, there really will be a test. So, we'll, we'll tell about that later. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's good to be here. Um, Rob actually didn't say the title right. It is Stop, Clarify, and Listen. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah? So, all right. Yeah. 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 Come on. Yeah. So, that's what happens when you can't think of a better title. So, I'm, I'm sorry for that. I'll leave now. <laughs> no, but my name is Bo. This is my wife, Aja. And we're actually, we are excited about this message. It was a little challenging putting it together because there's a lot. But really, the heart of it, what, what stop, clarify, and listen actually means, it stands, or it's short for stop mind reading, clarify expectations, and listen. So stop mind reading. I'm sure you can kind of gather what we're getting at here, but to, to kind of explain it, I just want us to think about this question. How many of you are really good at making up stories in your mind about what other people are thinking? Yeah? All right. So as you can gather, that's mind reading, making up stories, what other people are thinking. And then for the last part, the listen, how many of you have experienced a bad listener? Yeah. If you haven't, you should maybe think about that a little bit. You know, you might be the bad listener. <laughs> no, I'm just, just kidding, but really. Um, so the goal of this message is deep connection with other people. All right, I think that, that's the, the goal. That's what we're getting at here. And that happens when we stop assuming that we know what other people are thinking. We stop mind reading and we actually listen to others. I'm talking truly listen. And the results are, relation, are thriving relationships in our lives. And this comes from not being really skilled at, at listening or anything, but this comes from a verse, uh, Proverbs 4.23. It says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So there are going to be a lot of Proverbs um, here today, because there's a lot of wisdom in that. But really, the heart of our message is about the heart. The goal is that our hearts would be forever changed and that it's not it's not about getting better or trying to become more emotionally healthy, but it's really really about God changing our heart so that emotional health and, and clarifying expectations and listening come out of that. So everything you do flows from your heart. Now before we dive in, I'm gonna pray for us real quick. We need we need some prayer in here, all right, for this message. So God, we just thank you. For who you are, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives, and we just pray that that you would um, lift the burden of us trying to transform ourselves and be better people, but God, we solely surrender it to you, God. We say you are the one who works miracles, you are the one who changes hearts, so we just rely on you for that, God, and look to you for that, and we believe that's going to happen this morning in our time. In Jesus' name, amen. So, to start off here, the way mind reading and expectations go together is what I mentioned before. We tell a story in our mind about what another person is thinking that is probably not true, most of the time isn't true, and then this leads to the expectations that we put on other people that are harmful, okay? And the, the f- we have four dangers of expectations, and they're really simple, so I'm going to go through them quick. 
The first one is they're unconscious. We have expectations that we're unaware of. And then when these expectations aren't met, we're disappointed. Okay, so we may not know we have these expectations upon other people until we're disappointed when they don't happen. Second thing, second danger is they're unrealistic. We have expectations that are not reasonable. We're going to share a little story about that here in a minute. As you, you know, in marriage, there are a lot of unreasonable expectations. Um, number three is unspoken. We're conscious of our expectations like we are in our mind. And they may be realistic, but they're not spoken. Um, this, this has happened with me before. I would have this conversation in my head about a decision that I made. And I like basically had this conversation in my head with Aja or with another person. So I go to them and I present this idea and then they don't agree with me. And I'm like, what the heck? We already talked about this. Why are you not listening to me? So those are unspoken expectations. Number four um, are unagreed upon. So just because you have an expectation, you've spoken it, it's realistic, it's aware, that person is aware, doesn't mean that it's agreed upon. Okay, so that's the last criteria of, uh, or the last danger are unagreed upon expectations. So how this has played out in our life is um, about a year ago, we have some pictures you can pull up. So about a year ago, uh, we were pregnant with our first daughter, Bellamy, she's 10 months old now. And it was, Aja was nine months pregnant. So, you know, all the women out there, you know, that have had kids, you know, like nine months pregnant. And actually, we are about to have the baby. Like, we went to the hospital that morning. We weren't in pre-labor yet. So we're on this walk trying to get the, the process to speed up of going into labor. And we didn't make it very far because Aja definitely went into labor while we were on this walk. Started feeling some intense pains. And we're kind of talking through, we're getting, we're about to get home, we're kind of talking through the things that we need to do, last minute checklist, like, all right, you got the go bag, check, you know, this, that, you're going to put the car seat in the car, yeah, I should probably do that, I haven't even looked at it. So, um, this, this whole thing actually blows up with this one thing on the to-do list, and Aja just kind of mentions it, and it kind of caught me off guard, she's like, yeah, well, and you, need, you know, if you can't, you need to give Luna a bath. If you can't do that now, you're going to have to leave the hospital and give our dog a bath. It's really important. And I, like, thought in my head, what? That's, that is the dumbest idea I think I have ever heard. There are way more important things. We're about to give, we're about to give birth. Age is about to give birth, not me, <laughs> to our first child. And so that's in my head, and I was thinking not clearly. And so basically that comes out, and I proceed to state my case why that's a d dumb idea. And I know all the women who have had kids are like punching me in the face right now because that's just one thing you don't do, right? I mean, you don't argue ever, but especially when they're nine months pregnant. So I, I proceed, you know, I was ignorant and immature back then, 10 months ago. I'm, my ways are different. <laughs> so I, I, I'm, I'm still arguing. I'm like, that's dumb. There's other important things we need to do. And it gets a little more heated. Aja gets a little more heated. Um, she's the one experiencing the pain for me and physically. And so um, it kind of, we kind of just get really mad. She goes in the front door. I go in the back door. We don't talk to each other for about 10 minutes. I'm like, okay, whatever, not doing that. That's, 
not an agreed upon expectation. So I'm going to put the car seat in, blah, blah, blah. And then Aja is going to pick up from her feelings. <laughs> so the real story, just kidding. <laughs> um, but really, he he's gracious not to tell you what I was doing during this conversation, during our walk. Um, so like he said, I'm an active laborer at this point without really knowing it, but I'm assuming that I am. And Bo is like, you know, talking back to me. And so what do I do? I start yelling at him. I start cussing at him. Me, never. You would never expect me to do that, right? Let's just be honest here. <laughs> so literally, I'm just like walking down the street cussing at my husband. And I, you know, people probably around our block think that we are something else, I'm sure. <laughs> That's why people don't talk to us. Just kidding. <laughs> so yeah, I go in the front door and I actually go into the bedroom and slam the door shut. And I'm thinking, I am not going to apologize first. Who else have, has done that before, right? So, you know, I'm sitting there so angry and just festering, and then the Holy Spirit comes in, and, you know, God starts working on you, and like, hey, you're probably in the wrong. Like, oh, yeah, I probably shouldn't have cussed at Bo. He didn't really deserve that, but I'm not going to apologize first. So I go and do the second most important thing on my to-do list that morning, which is do my hair, you know, because <laughs> that's really important when you go to the hospital and you're in labor. Pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Clean the dog and do your hair. <laughs> Quinita, you understand, right, girl? <laughs> so Bo walks into the bathroom as I'm blow-drying my hair, and, you know, I want to be angry at him, but I know I'm in the wrong. So I look at him, and I apologize. I, I did it first, guys. It doesn't happen very often. <laughs> um, but I know this is a silly story, but we all do this. And you may not have that same story, but we all do this with our friends, our family. All the time we have expectations, and then when they're not met, we're disappointed. And sometimes we lash out. Sometimes we give them the silent treatment. We all have different ways of coping, but we all do it in different ways. Um, so going back to the dangers of the expectations that Bo was talking about, with this story, you can see, I don't know if you can go back to the other slide, the dangers of expectations one. Um, you can see that it was probably unrealistic that I had this expectation for Bo to give Luna a bath, right? Like, yeah, I could see, yeah, I guess that is now. <laughs> it was unspoken. I didn't speak that until the very moment where we're about to go to the hospital, and it was definitely unagreed upon. <laughs> um, so it's just funny. Like, unfortunately for me, it was an invalid expectation. But obviously in our disagreement, I became really anxious, and I used every weapon I had against Bo. And, you know, so it just, like, progresses. And it kind of reminds me of, you know, Marvel movies or any movies with action. The fight scenes, how they, like, have these little guns that they pull out. You know, there's the bad guy, and they're, like, trying to shoot him or, you know, have their little weapon. And it's not working, so they're like, oh, man, I need to get the, you know, next bigger we weapon. So, you know, they do that, or the, the, the superhero comes in. The other superhero with better superpowers comes in, and that's not working. And then finally, the superpower or the superhero with the best superpower, I'm getting confused, they come in and like 25 minutes later into this action scene, then the bad guy gets blown up, you know, and we're like, why didn't you just do that in the first place? But like, that's how it feels when we're arguing with somebody. Like, 
okay, this isn't working, like my manipulation, my control isn't working, so I'm going to pull out the next weapon and use what I have against them and push their buttons. You know what I mean? And it's just funny, like, why do we do that? I think we do it because we're trying to protect ourselves, and we do that by hurting other people, unfortunately. Hurt people hurt other people. Um, but thankfully, Jesus has a different way of doing this. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Um, so I, I was just thinking, like, man, it's so easy for us to try to become our own savior or put somebody else in the place of being our savior. And that's really what expectations on people are, is you're looking to that person to console you or, um, you know, to meet your need. But a lot of times we just need to go to God for that thing. And so when Jesus is in the rightful place in our lives, when he is Lord, he's king, he is savior, um, you know what I mean? Like he's in that place. It really takes care of every single fight that wasn't ours to have in the begin in the um, first place. Does that make sense? So like every fight that Bo and I have, like some of those fights don't actually need to happen because I just need to go to God and like he needs to go to God and surrender our anxiety to the Lord. Does that, do you get that? Yeah. And it's so good when we do that, when we go to God in our anxiety and say, okay, this is what's actually going on. You know, let's, let me be vulnerable with you, Lord. Like, this is how I'm feeling right now. Then he just takes it from us, and it's so good. Um, so let's see. Sorry. Um, yeah, okay. I was just thinking um, that the Holy Spirit, I know this is like, it's kind of one of those things that we have to start practicing, but God helps us in this. Um, the Holy Spirit, he, he gives us his spirit. Jesus, like, died. He was sent. He went to heaven. He said, it's better for me to go so that you can have my spirit. Like, I can be with you always. So when we accept Jesus into our lives and ask for his Holy Spirit to indwell in us, then now we have his power. We have his love. You know, we can do this. Like, he helps us in this. Um, so now we can learn how to yeah, surrender that anxiety over and realize, like, okay, there's something wrong in me. Like, something's going on, and ask for help for God to, like, help us go to that root of whatever is going on. And I love this this term that Brene Brown coined. Um, maybe many of you have heard of her. I'm not sure. It's She's really great. Um, but she says, this is the story I'm telling myself. Is that true? And so, when we can learn how to do that, just say, okay, I, I need to stop, and this is the story that I'm believing right now. Like, this is what is happening in my mind. Like, is that even true? You know, we can go to God like that. Like, God, is this a, a real belief that I have? Or, like, even in that moment with Bo, with the Luna story, I mean, I was, like, in labor, so I don't know if I could have stopped <laughs> and thought about it, but it would have been helpful for me to stop and say, okay, God, what's actually going on inside of me? Like, what? where's this anxiety coming from? And then I could have been honest with Bo, and like, instead of shooting my guns at him, I could have been vulnerable and let him see in me. That's intimacy. Into me see. Intimacy. <laughs> um, so actually, it was it's kind of funny now when I look back on that story, the biggest story that I was telling myself in the moment was so silly, but it's so real. And that's usually 
how we are. Um, the story that I was getting anxious about was when our family comes to see the baby, they're going to see the dog and, you know, hang out with our dog all weekend long, and they're going to judge us for not having a clean dog. And that comes because I'm like a host, and I want, I'm a perfectionist, I'm a control freak, I know. Um, but I want our house to look nice, I want things to be presentable, I want our dog to, you know, have a pretty coat, and people want to pet her, and you know, all these silly things that probably don't matter. Those are the things that really drive me, I don't know, and I'm, I'm thankful God has really worked on me and helped me get out of this control stuff in a lot of ways, but that was there that day. So if I would have been able to say, hey, Bo, do you think that our family is going to judge us for having a dog that hasn't been washed in two weeks? <laughs> is that true? <laughs> what would you have said? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> but not like that, hopefully, right? <laughs> So do you know what I'm, I'm talking about here? Hopefully you can relate to this story. Um, but I also think that um, it's, you know, really cool to imagine going to God in this type of way because we put expectations and assume what God is thinking about us or about other people all the time. I don't know if you do that, but I do it all the time. God's mad at me. I haven't spent time, you know, praying this week. So he's mad at me. I can't, I'm not worthy of doing this thing. Like, whatever it is. But if I were to say, like, approach God and say, okay, God, this is the story I'm telling myself about you. I think you're mad at me because I didn't read my Bible for the last three days. Is that true? No. Like, you know, it gives him even an opportunity to come and say, no, I love you. Like, I want to be with you. Any moment that you want to, you are, like, coming to me, I'm going to come to you. Like, that's just how God works. And so he's so good like that. But we can use this in all of our relationships, um, including God. And Bo's going to speak a little bit more about that. Yeah. Um, man, that, that story kind of cracks me up because I feel like age is being a little hard on herself. <laughs> um, just like I was probably being a like boneheaded. <laughs> so we didn't talk about that very much. But um, yeah, so I think... The, the greatest danger of having expectations, um, remember, it's a heart issue. So we, we, have, we need our hearts transformed, sitting before God, letting him change us before we can do this with other people. And so the greatest danger of expectations, I think, has to do with our relationship with God. And the question I think that a lot of us have asked before is, why didn't God meet my expectations? Why didn't God meet my expectations? Well, maybe it's because we've put expectations on God that he didn't agree to. All right? And there are many times when we pray what we expect of God, not according to his will. And hear me out, because there is, there is an expectant faith that we need to have. And I'm going to talk about that. But first, I want to mention this verse of, First uh, John 5.14 says, And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And so it's very, I mean, I think that verse is so important because it's not praying what we expect, but it's praying his will. And that's very key. And now the difference between expectant faith um, and what I'm going to 
call expectant entitlement. Okay, expectant faith is someone who, someone with expectant faith has full trust in the promises of God because they fully trust who he is, not what he can do for them. And so there's a full trust that God actually knows better than they do or better than we do. And just because we want or expect something doesn't mean God will do it or at least not right away. And so I think it's important for us to to think in terms, okay, I'm, I'm expecting big things. I'm expecting God. I'm believing for God to do things, to work miracles, to transform my life, my family's life. But when we ask God, why didn't God meet my expectations, our expectations begin to look like entitlement. And so really the expected entitlement is a nasty heart position that demands our request to be met by God on our terms. It disregards his will. It disregards his timing, his plan for our lives. But it's like, hey, I want this done right now. I expect this to happen. And then our relationship with God becomes very transaction-based and what has God done for me lately kind of focused. And so I think the expectations that we put on God and that relationship that we have with him, those expectations inevitably be, will be thrown onto other people, and then disappointment sex sets in. Like we said, you're unaware maybe of these expectations, but when they don't happen, you get disappointed, and then all that mixed in, looking to other people as our Savior, this whole thing begins to look really nasty, and our hearts are not in the right place. We feel like we deserve things. We feel like we have a right to certain expectations that we actually don't have a right to, and we have a right that, these, that God meets these expectations when he didn't agree to these expectations. And really, the way, why we don't want to do this is because this is no way to live. I mean, this isn't the way God intended us to live, and it forces us to solely focus on ourselves. And really, we miss out on the greater plan that God invites us into of changing people's lives. When we're so focused on what we need what our expectations are. We miss out on the greater plan that God has for our lives. So I'm going to switch things up a little bit. Um, and I just, I, I was thinking how, I th- you kind of mentioned this, but like bitterness and resentment, that's where that stems from, is entitlement and having these expectations on people. Has anybody ever felt that? Like, you know what I mean? You just start resenting that person And um, hopefully toward the end of this, like, we can come to a place, if you have somebody in your mind, where we're going to pray at the end and just, like, ask God to help us in these relationships. Because it's so normal, we're so human, and it's okay, but God wants us to do something about it. Um, So don't sit there like, oh, no, you know, I have this relationship, this thing going on. Um, But we're going to ask God for help in that. Um, but anyway, we're going to move a little bit into listening, and, and that is like half or even more um, important than anything in communication, if you know what I mean. So going back a little bit to the story of our dog, it's e- easy to see now that my goal was for to get Bo to agree with me, right? So because he didn't agree with me, I got really angry, <laughs> um, but... I just, I think, like, it's important for our goal in these conversations to be understanding, to understand the other person's perspective. And I love this, um, 
this quote by Danny Silk. And P.S., if you've never done DTR, Defining the Relationship, it's like a resource we have over here. It is awesome. It goes through all of this in detail. It's so helpful on um, communicating, learning how to communicate health healthy. But um, he's the, the author of that book, of that series. But he says, the oh, I'll read it and you can read along with me. I know it's long, but we can do this. The priority of agreement demands that there really can't be two people in the conversation. There can only be one. The longer you refuse to respond to my efforts to convince you to agree with me, the more anxiety grows in the conversation. Before long, the battle lines are drawn and we are allowing our need to be right to overtake our need to protect our connection. However, pursuing the goal of understanding will help you progress through increasingly deeper levels of honesty in order to build true intimacy and trust in a relationship. And this isn't just in marriage. This is friendships. This is every relationship you can think of. Um, again, like I know I joke about the intimacy, like intimacy, but like that is really the heart of God. That's who he is. He wants us to be able to see in, into him and really to know him and know his heart. And that's really what our goal should be for other people, for people to know us, to see us, and we want to be able to see and know people. Does that make sense? Like, that's the kingdom of God right there. And in that um, quote, it says, um, you know, like, the priority of agreement, when that is the goal, I do everything I can to convince you and manipulate you and control you into, and you know, agreeing with what I think. And obviously, that's where anxiety comes. Um, but the Holy Spirit is so good in helping us realize, oh, anxiety is coming up again. What's going on? Um, so ask God. Just ask God for help in those moments to see that. Um, but when our goal is understanding and our goal is to protect our connection together, that's when the real stuff happens. That's when those real conversations happen. That's when, um, you know, the intimacy, the connection really happens. So what, is, what am I talking about to pursue a goal of understanding and connection? Let me ask you this, okay? Everybody, I, I need your feedback. Are you ready? Are you awake? Do we need to? Okay, great. <laughs> um, so think of a time that you've had a conversation with a really good listener. I know that's really broad, but just think of a, a person that is a really good listener. What did you appreciate about that person or that conversation, and how did it make you feel? Javon. Ooh, I don't, we, okay, sure. Friend, your wife knows you too well. <laughs> okay, that's good. So you do appreciate that she's sitting there listening and, like, wanting to connect with you and understand where you're coming from, even if you're wrong. <laughs> okay, that's good. What about somebody else? Kim.
great. So this person that was talking to Kim um, asked intentional questions, it sounds like, to help her figure out what was actually going on in her. They clarified, kind of summarized what was going on just to help understand. And you felt hurt, like you felt like that person was present with you. That's good. Were you going to say something, Michael? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny in the emotionally healthy series, they actually say that um, seventy percent. Oh, how do they how do they say this? I think it's like seventy percent of the time. Oh, it's okay. It's helpful just to have somebody listen to you, and that handles 70% of the problems. There it is. Okay, let me say that again. (laughs) Just like by having somebody listen to you, it handles 70% of your problems, just by like processing with somebody. And so do you understand how powerful prayer is now? Like, man, just going to God and praying to God, wow, like you feel released, like it's, you know, 70% of that. You don't have to go to a counselor, just kidding. I think I love counselors. I actually would want to be one if I, in my second life. (laughs) But um, you know what I mean? Like it's just powerful, just verbally processing with somebody. So thank you for sharing. I really appreciate all that feedback. Um, That's exactly what I was thinking. Just you want to be felt by that person. You want to feel felt, if that makes sense. Um, You want that person to be present in the conversation with you, not looking at their Apple Watch or, you know, looking at their phone every minute. Like, you know, I don't feel like that person's wanting to really be in the conversation with me when they do that, you know. Um, And you really want to believe that somebody is for you and that they want to connect with you emotionally, not just gather information, the information that you're talking about in the conversation. So I have a quick story about this. Actually, when I first started coming to Bluemont and Call to Greatness, there was a woman who was a campus minister with Call to Greatness. She actually invited me to go get coffee with her. And she bought my coffee, which was really radical. Like, just by being generous, that can be very radical to somebody who is not knows nothing of the kingdom of God. So she bought my coffee. We sat down. And she just asked me intentional questions for like two hours. She just asked me about myself. And it was the first time, honestly, the first time that I can think of that I really felt genuinely cared for by somebody. And she was a stranger. But like I really felt like she wanted to get to know me. And she put her phone away. She, um, I I don't know, she just did everything like I had never experienced before. But um, she I- even in that, she, like, spoke purpose, and she shared the, ki- the gospel with me. She shared Jesus and h- the purpose that he has for my life. And it was a live, transforming conversation, let me tell you. And so the conversations that we have with people, they can be radical. Like, God wants to use you in that way to stop somebody in the, their mundane, in their life, you know, just going, doing the same thing every day. God wants to use you to really, like, stop and be present with that person and, you know, care for them in that way and share who he is with them because it will change somebody's life. God will use that. And I think that we as Christians should be the best listeners. We should be the best question askers, and we should be the best at connecting with people. 
And I think that God wants to help us get to that place, honestly. And we're all in different levels of, of doing that. But we love it when people connect with us. We love it when God connects with us. So why wouldn't we want to do the same for other people, you know? Um, and I, another quote that I think is just awesome, um, being heard is, the, is so close to being loved that for the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. David Augsburger said that. It's so real, so powerful. And whenever I was not a Christian, again, like didn't ever go to church, knew nothing about God, really, when this person just listened to me, I felt loved, so loved. And it was inseparable, you know, like there was no difference between it. So it's powerful, guys. We have a, an ability to um, really take this seriously and, and let God use it for good. Wow, what, what a quote. Being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they're almost indistinguishable. Man, that's, if you've never experienced that, just like come find me after the service and I'll just give you a big hug. Because that, I mean, that's incredible. That's like, that's love right there. That's true love. Um, and so kind of transitioning here, of course, you know, it'd be nice. It's nice when we experience a good listener. It's nice when that happens to us, um, like David Augsburger said. But really, it takes a good listener to know a good listener. Um, it takes one to know one. You have to be a good listener before you recognize a good listener. Um, it's kind of like the question I asked at the beginning. Hey, how many of you experience a bad listener? You know, it's easy to recognize that or when we feel that, when we've, when we've felt that before, because it's not fun. Um, so although it'd be nice if everyone dropped what they were doing to listen to our every word, we, it, it, we have to first look inward and evaluate how we are doing at listening and if being heard is the same as being loved, and our goal is to love like Jesus, then we need to be transformed into becoming more like Jesus, not just more skilled at listening. You know, it's like Aja said, we should be the best listener, listeners. Christians should be the best listeners and the best question askers, because that's what Jesus did. That's how Jesus loved people. And this, this whole idea of, like, listening is a skill, and it, it definitely must be improved to live out thriving relationships in our lives. But even more than an acquired skill, listening has to do with the deeper issues within us that cause us to only think about self when engaging with other people. So we're only thinking about how we're going to respond, which isn't really bad, but it, it takes away from actually listening to a person. We only think about our opinion, how we can insert it into the conversation. And so... I think it really comes down to a fear. It's what we're afraid of. And um, what we're so afraid of is that we won't be heard. And so w if we're not heard, we're not validated as a person. We're not, we're not validated in what we had to say. Therefore, in our life, we have no meaning. Maybe we have no purpose. You know, I think that's kind of dark, but I think the issues really go that deep in our lives. And so we're, cl we're quick to blurt out our opinion instead of truly listening and creating a connection with other people. And I think, speaking in terms of being emotionally healthy and the whole series that we're doing, this topic is a very good indicator. Listening is a very good indicator as to whether 
or not someone is emotionally healthy, really, and they're fully confident and completely satisfied in who God has made them to be. Because when you talk to a person that's completely satisfied in who God has made them to be, man, they're a good listener. I guarantee it. They are comfortable with, with not speaking, not uh, inserting their own opinion. They're comfortable with listening because they're getting their identity from God. They're saying, hey, I don't need validation from my opinion being approved. I need my validation from God. So I can hear you out. I can listen to you. I can connect with you like Jesus wants to connect with you. And I can help you in that. And that's really cool. That's how God calls us to live on that kind of level of listening. Um, so there, I have a few verses from Proverbs. And I just want to men- mention that listening has not only to do with silence, but also in the way we choose our words. And also in the quantity of our words, all right? <laughs> um, and I know it's easy for some of us to not talk but and still not actually listen. That's me. I think it's easy for me to like, hey, I don't really want to be the one doing most of the talking here, but I'm really, am I really actually listening to this person? Because if I'm not putting forth the effort to think about my responses and to really be engaged, then just not talking isn't actually listening, all right? So Proverbs 10:19 says when words are many transgression is not lacking but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. So there's a uh, some some big time wisdom for you. When words are many transgression is not lacking but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. Proverbs 15:28 The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. That's a big one. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer. So like I said, it takes more than just really good patience and discipline to not speak and listen. We have to be renewed into thinking about others before ourselves. And where does that renewal happen? That happens in our heart and our minds. It's the heart of the righteous that ponders how to answer. But the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. And I think of pouring out, it doesn't even have to try. Like, the, the, the wicked mouth doesn't even have to try to pour out things. It just, do, it just happens. All right? Last verse, Proverbs 18.2. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in, in expressing his own opinion. And just like Aja was, Aja was saying that, the goal of our conversations with people should be understanding each other. And you can't do that if you're only interested in expressing your own opinion. So I know those verses are really daunting and <laughs> kind of um, they hit you kind of hard. But I just want to leave us with, man, it takes courage to admit. It, it takes courage to do this. I think going back to question asking, it takes courage when you meet someone to be the one asking the questions because it puts the, the conversation on you and it puts the kind of the leadership on you. But really, I think if we, a- if we learn how to ask good questions, where you're above 90% of people. Honestly, I think that is like something that really sets people apart. And so it takes courage to be vulnerable with the Holy Spirit and with other people. And really, this is what, this is what God has for us, that it's not us mustering up the courage or, or being really good, skilled at listening, but thank God that he's with us in this, that he's with us in the transformation process. He's with, with us um, in changing our hearts into becoming the listeners that he has called us to be. 
and to to stop mind reading, to clarify expectations, and to listen. That's really what God has called his people to be. And if we look to Jesus as the example, he was the best at it. And so, like I prayed this morning, he, he wants to take most of the burden of making that transformation in our lives. It just takes us saying yes. It takes us saying, hey, I want this in my life. I want my relationships to thrive with my spouse, with my friends, with my family, and with God. And so that's really how God wants to change us and to help us in this. So for the next like five to seven minutes, we're going to go into the discussion questions um, at our table. The first one is share a specific situation when what you were thinking or feeling about someone was untrue or you misinterpreted the behavior of another person without checking it out. What did you end up believing incorrectly until you heard the whole story? So that's kind of a, a big, loaded question. You can share the details to the extent that you want, but really just think of a, a time when you mind-read someone and it was inaccurate, which is probably most of the time. And just kind of talk about that. And then the second question, think of a recent or simple expectation you had that went unmet and made you angry disappointed or confused how could have clarifying expectations with this person or people beforehand help so think in terms of someone who didn't return your phone call uh there's some tension at your family gathering that you know is from a conversation or from expectations you know uncle joe didn't help with the turkey or he's supposed to you know things like that that are silly but really the expectations we have or maybe your roommate didn't take out the garbage but you didn't talk about that um, so just kind of talk about that for the next five minutes or so and then we'll come back and finish up Can we get some music going on? <laughs> Maybe some vanilla ice. Stop, clarify, and listen. Just kidding. <gasps> He's so cute. All right. Let's come back together. It sounds like some really good conversation, or it looks like good conversation. I'm assuming good conversations are happening. Is that the right valid expectation? Raise your hand if good conversations are happening. Was this helpful? Help me get validation. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. We're going downhill, okay. <laughs> well, again, like I said earlier, I hope that this is helpful in our current relationships. I hope it's helpful in relationships, new strangers, you know, moving forward, and in our relationship with God. And we have a few next steps, three next steps for you. They're kind of heady which all of this has been, I know it hasn't been like, here's how you use an iMessage when you listen, you know, but um, we can build those skills. But again, like Bo said, we need help in our hearts. <laughs> but there is something really practical on your table. Don't look at it yet. I see you looking at it. Don't look at it yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just testing you. So the first step is to take that test. It's a listening test to see how well you listen. And you can assess yourself but if you're very brave, you can have somebody who you trust or knows you well assess you on how well you listen. <laughs> 
your answers might be very different. Who knows? <laughs> and if you choose to just assess yourself, you know, it says like on there, if you circle eight to ten of these, then you're a great listener. If you circle five to six, then you're an average listener. If you don't ask someone else, just assume you're a couple points below what you assess. All right, you know. Don't listen to that. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, as Jonathan said, listen. So, um, yeah, ask, ask somebody who's going to be honest with you. You know, why do it if you're not going to ask somebody who's going to be honest? Um, but also ask for help. Like if you let don't let this be like shameful or anything, like ask people for help. Like, hey, how can I become a better listener? Or, hey, can you show me or like point it out to me whenever I start one upping or I start, you know, asserting my opinion in our conversation? Like, can you help me whenever I start doing that? Or ask God, like that's a good place to start, is God, will you help me become a better listener in these areas? Um, and he will. So then the second one is to change your goal from distance to connection. I know that sounds interesting, but basically it just means repent. Like change your goal, like change your heart. Start walking the other way. Instead of choosing to distance yourself from God, from this person that you have in your mind, Choose to connect with them. Do whatever it takes to connect with them. If you need to ask for forgiveness or explain, hey, this is the story I've been telling myself about you, like, do that. Do those things. And I promise it will be good. Like, you're going to feel great about those conversations. Um, so repent for allowing disconnection to happen. And, um, yeah, move forward from those things. And then the third one is ask God how you can stop, clarify, and listen with another person this week. So that may be somebody new, like maybe a coworker that you don't really know or somebody you've been wanting to hang out with. Hang out with them, do it and listen to them, you know? Just learn, like think about like, okay, l let me ask good questions. Like just think through this with wh whatever one you need to do, whatever one you think you should focus on, just like clarifying expectations with them, asking good questions, whatever it is, I, I dare you this week to do that with somebody. <laughs> Does that sound good? Okay, awesome. Well, I just want to pray for us really quickly. Um, just, we need God. We need God in this um, to help us. So, Holy Spirit, Jesus, we just thank you for um, being here with us today. We thank you for always being present with us, for always um, welcoming us in with open arms, and thank you for being vulnerable yourself. Like, thank you for showing us the example of vulnerability, of humbling yourself, and um, we just thank you for the example of you even becoming a man. You became a man, humbled yourself, and um, you were vulnerable with your creation, and so, God, because you did that, we can do it. We can do it with one another, and we need your help in this, Father. So we just um, ask that you come in and you help us to re help our minds to be renewed, help our hearts to be changed and transformed. And um, I just pray that you help us become people that really bring the kingdom of God wherever we are through our listening, through our conversation skills. And um, we just thank you that you wanna, you wanna change us, you wanna help us grow in these areas. And um, so we just thank you again for your presence in that. We thank you for connection and thank you for your intimacy in Jesus name.